0: Being able to say yes is a, it, it helps you when you're stuck because it gives you an experience and it really puts you in front of more people to talk more about your product and talk more about your brand and your business. The more you talk about it, the more unstuck you're going to feel.
1: Main Street businesses are struggling as they face challenges nothing like we've seen before. You're listening to the Behind Main Street Podcast. Let's learn from real-world Main Street entrepreneurs. Pick their brains and learn their secrets to navigate persevere, and overcome all the modern obstacles they face every day. Get ready to peek behind the stories, the struggles, and strategies of today's Main Street entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Behind Main Street podcast. Here's your host, Chris J. Cardona.
2: Great day, everyone. Welcome to the show. Whether it's your first time listening or an avid follower, thank you so much for joining us. Show notes can be found at www.behindmainstreet.com. But before we get started, I would like to thank the sponsor for this episode.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Thinkin' Local, a fundraising and giving-based marketing platform whose mission is to connect local main street businesses who care about making an impact in the local community with schools and nonprofits who believe in supporting their local businesses. Find out more by visiting thinktheletterinlocal.com.
2: Welcome, welcome. For today's episode, I'm very, very excited to interview Michelle Jimenez, a local mompreneur, the matriarch of a budding family business empire built from a micro farm to what is now the Jimenez Sisters Ranch, a goat milk bath and beauty company where she and her husband and five amazing children are sharing their passion for developing products that are honest, wholesome, and authentically formulated. Michelle, are you ready to take us behind the curtains and dig into your story?
0: I am ready. Thank you so much, Chris, for having us here today or for me today. We're super excited um, to be doing this. So thank you very much. We're ready to dive in.
2: Wonderful. Well, I've given our listeners just a little bit of a sneak peek of who you are. Why don't you tell them a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you do?
0: Right. So you mentioned that I'm a mom, um, five amazing kids. So um, my husband and I are, we're a team through and through um, with our kids. And what we do is we raise dairy goats. And um, from those goats, we make handcrafted artisan goat milk um, soaps and body products. So we are very careful as to how we source our products. Um, or the ingredients that we use in our products. And we make everything from raw ingredients. Uh, Really, just being a mom, a busy mom, and my husband, we really wanted to do something with our kids. In this day and age, we feel like, it's so easy to become disconnected with your food and disconnected to where things come from. You're just so used to going and grabbing something and picking it up and using it. And so we really wanted to raise our children to be connected to these things. And that's how we started with farming. Um, they fell in love with the dairy goats and we, they started getting competitive in showing their dairy goats, raising the Nigerian dwarves, uh, really found a passion for it. And with that came a lot of milk. When you are competing in the dairy goat world, in order to compete, you have to have goats in milk. So they were breeding goats and more goats and more goats. And before you know it, they're coming into the house every single day with one to two gallons of milk. And even for a family of seven, Chris, that's a lot of milk. So we didn't know what to do with it, tried to get creative, tried to make things. And, you know, we're not good at everything. So we were not very good at making cheese. Um, Yogurt is a very long process. So we said, why don't we try our hand at soap? Because we use a lot of it. So we um, decided to start making soaps, played around with some recipes, did a lot of research, and started handing out to friends and family. And they really liked it. So it all just kind of grew from there. We decided, um, you know, during COVID, we were all home. So what do you do when these kids are usually very busy running around in activities and going to school? You got to keep them busy here at home. So um, they got creative. And that's when the kids said, hey, what else can we make with this? And, you know, my husband and I just supported them and said, well, let's find out. And we created a business together as a family. And we just created more and more products, kept trying them out on families and friends. You know, they are our guinea pigs and on ourselves. And um, after a few months of doing that, we decided to take it to market and getting out there in the community. So it's been, um, it's been a ride. We still got a long way to go, but um, that's, that's how we started there. <laughs>
2: that's amazing. And me too. I'm a customer. Here you go. I have your, your tub here. (laughs) I always have it in my desk. Every time my hands get dry, being on a computer, working with paper all day, I make sure, you know, I have it. And I, I have your lip balm here somewhere, (laughs) somewhere in my desk. (laughs) No,
0: I I have, I have lip balm around here too, but it keeps rolling away. So
2: I know. (laughs) Or my kids, my daughter starts stacking them because I have a couple um, She starts stacking them, thinking they're like part of the Lego set.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. My three-year-old um, says, and you can't see on this other side over here, we have another uh, dresser like this. And there's literally stacks of soap because she was working. And while she's working, she stacks up the soap. So.
2: <laughs> That's good. Building early. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, tell me something personal, um, something interesting that your family or friends would say about you, Michelle?
0: I don't even know if it's a compliment, but they always say you're crazy, <laughs> and that's that <laughs> is the number one thing I get from family and friends is you're crazy. You know, you're getting another goat. You're crazy. You're getting a sheep. You're crazy. You're you know. Um, but I think what's included in that crazy is a very entrepreneurial and adventurous spirit there. That there's a sense of resilience and uh, no fear. Um, I think sometimes you have to be fearless. So I think that the crazy part comes from a uh, let's just do it. <laughs> let's let's just try it. Let's just try, and being willing to try. and I think that's um I that's what I hope the crazy means that they just don't really think I really am crazy, but uh, that's what I would think. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, us with a little bit more kids than what what typically like, you know, typical is like one or two now, right? Like for us, like I have four, you have five. Um, You know, they typically think like, you're crazy just to have, yeah. you know, more than one or two kids. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, it's, it's crazy because people think like, oh, like, it's impossible or it's hard. But what I think, you know, the, I do believe that what they're telling you is a compliment mm-hmm. because I think when they say it's crazy, it's like, it's something that most people can't do, but you're, you're killing it, right? Like you're making, you're making it happen and you're able to balance all of that. I mean, you, for you, five kids, your husband is working full time yeah. and you're, you're full time in your business, you know, being able to juggle all of that. It's quite a, a daunting task, right? People don't realize how difficult it is to run a family and also run a business because a family is it's sort of like its own business. You have to balance life, manage it and all that stuff for it to be successful. And mm-hmm. and from knowing you, um, you know, you definitely have a successful business and a successful family at that.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. It it is a juggling act. I think um and you're right, like I'm the CEO of the household and the CEO of the business, right? Um, but no, thank you. I appreciate the compliment. It's um it it is it it is not easy. And, and I'll, I'll say that it's not easy. It's not, you know, a walk in the park. But I think that it is very rewarding. And what is so rewarding with doing this business with my husband and with our kids is to be able to see how our kids are growing. And you find these little talents in them that Maybe they would not have discovered or I wouldn't have been able to see. I mean, it's not like I'm working a business and shutting them out and saying, mom has to work right now. You can't be here. It's like, oh, here, I have to jump on a meeting. Come sit with me so you can hear this. You know, get out your notebooks, listen to the conversations. And it's amazing to see how much they pick up. And when you give the kids that autonomy, you know, they really, they really blossom. And their, idea, their ideas are amazing. And it's not just one person running this business. We are, there's five of us who, you know, are three older daughters. I mean, they're 14, 12, and 10. They're super, super active. Lily is already wanting to help. She's three. And every time a camera comes out, she says, my name's Lily. And, you know, she wants to talk about herself and recording because she's watching her sister's But, you know, there's four of us who are, or five of us who are 100% invested and passionate and all on the same page. So I think when it's just one person doing it, it's difficult. But when you are all working together as a team, it makes those more challenging times easier because you're all going through that together. So...
2: That's amazing. I'm amazing. Well, personally, how would you describe your life mission?
0: Life mission. Um, our life mission is when my husband and I started our life, and that's where I would say, you know, like our life really started was the commitment that we made together. And one of those commitments was when we talked about raising a family. And like I said earlier, we really wanted to raise our family connected. We wanted them to be connected to their food, connected to where things come from. And not to sound cheesy, but in a way, very connected to nature, connected to earth, connected to knowing how things work, really have a sense of how the world works and where things come from. And so that was one of our our biggest missions was to, I mean, we're very faith-based as well. So we wanted to Our life mission is to raise our children in our faith and to raise good people, kind people, and to do good things and to be kind and put good things out there into the world. So I think that's the biggest mission that we have. And when we're looking at our business and we're looking at Jimenez Sisters Ranch, you know, the girls talk about when we see certain trends or posts or if we're talking about products that we're going to introduce they are really good at checking and saying, like, maybe that's not our brand. And our brand is to be inclusive. And our brand is to be kind and to be good and to put a good product out there. So I think that our life mission is really aligning with our business mission because that's what we're trying to do.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, for you guys, because it's a family run business, I think you are able to really hone in on that, which is which is very, very special, I think, because not everybody can be able to interweave their entire lifestyle around a business and product that they actually live and believe in. Right. I think a lot of us sometimes we separate the business side from the life side, but for you guys, it's like a, it's like a full package. Like you get Jimenez sister's ranch, you get the whole entire Jimenez sister and Jimenez, you know, wife and husband and everything. And including not only raising kids, but raising your goats as well.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
2: What would you say, you know, as a person, people misunderstand about you, Michelle?
0: Sometimes I think that, There's two parts to it. I think that the general people, what they may misunderstand about me is that I've got everything together. (laughs) Like, so that, that may be um, like, oh man, this girl has got it all together. How does she do it? How does she, it's, I just try and I'm hustling. It's not, I don't have, I don't feel that I have everything together. So to me, that is one thing that's a misunderstanding. There's a lot of learning curves. There's missteps that we make, but then you just kind of get back on and you try to say, okay, that didn't work. Let's try again. Um, So I would think that would be one misunderstanding because that's something that I do hear from people like, oh my gosh, you're a super mom. No, I'm just, you know, again, it's a team. And so I think that's one thing that's misunderstood um, is that it's not just me doing it and I don't have everything together. The second thing, I'm still human. Um, the second thing is people who know me, um, maybe, you know, like maybe family, maybe a misunderstanding, maybe that I think too big sometimes, too big, too broad. And really, sometimes there is a method to my madness of my thoughts of, you know, the steps in which I'm going to get there. So I think those may be my two misunderstandings from people.
2: Which are great. I I think. Thank you for sharing that. If if there's...
0: (laughs) Getting all deep on me.
2: What would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what we want, right? Because our (laughs) listeners get a lot of value from these questions that you're answering, because there's sometimes that me personally... You know, I did this podcast because I want to learn from other people that um, I don't get to walk in their shoes, but I, I want to try to at least get some sense of perspective on what is it like for you as a mom to be able to run a business, run a family, be the CEO of both sides and being, you know, be successful at it. Right. And I think for people that see, you know, that's, that's one of the, I think that's one of the biggest compliments in my opinion is when, when. You know, through the craziness, through the hustle, through the bustle of life and business, someone says, hey, you got it together, Michelle. That's, I think, one of the biggest compliments that anybody can say about another person because, like, you know what it's like to be in the thick of things, like going through all those – the scenarios of your life. And most people don't get to see that, so you're you're able to kind of keep everything in compartments and, you know, have a – have that brand out there that people can appreciate and people will understand.
0: I think the only, the the biggest thing that when you're able to project that to people is the underlying passion. And I think it's just the passion and the belief in what it is that you're doing. So when you believe in what you're doing and you believe that you you know you're, you're 100% behind it, then that's going to come across in a positive way to people. So it, it is a compliment. There's a side of me that's kind of like, no, that's not, how, you know, like, ah, I don't always feel like that. But it, it, it is it is a compliment to um, to hear that from people. And I know they mean it with, you know, the, the utmost. They're just trying, you know, they really, it is a big compliment from them. Um,
2: for sure, for yeah. sure. Well, if there was one thing that you, personally value most in life? What would that be? Have you had any thoughts about, you know, with that said, have you have you had any thoughts about the impact that you'll have in the next five years?
0: I think that is the, the biggest imp- impact that I would want to have would be acceptance of people and treating all people fairly. And I think that is, to me, that's one of the most important things and that's what we really really work towards making sure that every single person who comes our way in our business and who meets us personally we really want to work hard to treat everybody the same and i think that's that's the impact that i want to leave i want i want to be kind and i want to leave that behind and i want that to be left with you know from my kids And to practice that. So, you know, these past uh, few years, I've really been working very, very hard on that and working on that kindness factor. And I think that's just, that's what I would like to leave.
2: Fantastic. If you, if tomorrow you won a hundred million dollars, what would you spend it on? (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, uh, the, the kids would say, uh, so they have their dream boards and let me tell you, they would be saying a barn, a horse barn, a, you know, a big ranch. Like they, you know, there was a lot there they, they have their list. I think, um, you know, leaving money to, we have a, a list of charities that we would like to, you know, give back to. That's really big um, for us is giving back to our community and giving back to people. So, We had $100 million, I'm sure, that we would give a good chunk, donate. And then I think we would just continue to grow the business, to tell you the truth. Uh, We really like working together. And I think that would be an investment to provide some really cool experiences uh, for the public and for people. So I think that's kind of where we would go after the kids got all the horses they wanted, I'm sure.
2: (laughs) That's amazing. And that says a lot. I mean, the priorities that you listed there you know your family right leaving a legacy for other people to for for the community yeah. to share um you know like i think that says a lot about uh what it is that you're trying to build as a brand and it's it's very it's very refreshing to hear that Um, you're in a business that whether you are technically at that point, if you had a hundred million dollars, you could do whatever the heck you want. (laughs) Literally. Right. You could buy an Island. (laughs) So for you to stick with doing what it is that you're doing, it means that like you're, you're really happy about that. And I think that's, you know, that's something that our listeners really um, have to think about, you know, as they're, as they're doing their business, you know, if you are in a business that if you had won a hundred million dollars and you would still be in that business, you are in the right business. You know, it took us a while to get here.
0: Yeah. It took us a while to get here, Chris. I think, you know, um, like you said earlier, my husband does have his full-time job. So, you know, we still have things in life that we need to have like medical benefits and dental and things like that, that we're not there yet with on the business side. But, um, you know, I've been in and out of corporate world public sector and, it was always, if you would have asked me that question in any one of those positions, it would be like, I'm out, like I'm hopping on a plane and you won't see me for a couple of years because we're going to go travel the world. Um, but I think really, we really found a passion that we're all working together on. And it's, um, it is kind of neat to think that if we, and we talk about it and we sometimes we'll play the lotto and the girls will be like, okay, We'll grow the business this way with the lotto. And so it's, you know, it, it has been something where this is something we really are passionate about. We really have a lot of fun doing. We really like doing it. And so um, I think we definitely would stay here.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. Bigger ranch well, you know,
0: probably, but, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah, have your own Magnolia farms.
0: <laughs> you know what, Joanna Gaines, she's up there. I mean, she's so much to aspire to, that little empire she's built there.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, you know, if you think about Oprah, right, like her before or Martha's, Martha Stewart, like everybody's looking up to someone. And then eventually these people that are building something, they get there. And then now other people are looking at looking at them as inspiration to be able to build something over their dreams, yeah. which is like what you guys are trying to do. Mm-hmm. So which is fantastic. What was your childhood like growing up?
0: It was great. Um, I grew up with animals, grew up with horses. Um, you know, my parents, I'm the oldest of four. So I have three younger brothers. Um, my mom did an education, my dad, um, army. So had a lot of world experiences. Um, you know, kind of a lot of what I've learned from my parents in the fields that they're, that, you know, they're, professional fields that they have been in, um, have helped give me structure and things that I need to run a business, right. Kind of understanding things. And, you know, my parents are very much involved, um, with helping us out too. They're part of our support system. So, um, they help with their suggestions when we do things for the business, they're like, hmm, maybe think of this. And, you know, just always being open to things I'm like, you yeah, know, dad, that's a great idea. I let let's have that, you know? my dad what about logistics and you know this and you have this and in the army this is what we do and so we're like okay and then we're like let's run it like we run the army cuz that works let's do it like yeah, so um so very supportive my parents have, have always been very supportive and um same with my siblings um you know always very supportive so
2: that's amazing did you think about when you when you were a child did you have like a dream career or dream job as a child
0: as a child, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, so I think always wanting to help people and always wanting to work with people. I think I always saw myself in a line of service. Um, so I think that's part of where, what I really like to, you know, stay true to my true self and provide that service so that's something that you know we try that I really work hard to try and bring through on our business side is the service part of it so helping people you know being of of service in a way
2: awesome were you a a child that liked school did you have any favorite or least favorite subjects in school
0: yeah I liked school I did I was good at it so I liked it (laughs)
2: I get that a lot. You know, I've interviewed a couple of people that said, and hey, when you're in good school, you you tend to like the school.
0: Right, <laughs> right. I think you tend to like things you kinda of excel at, right? So um so I, I did well in school and and so therefore I liked school. Um I like the social aspect of it too. Uh, like being around people. So
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Was there something in your in your childhood when you look back at now? Um, you would feel that it sort of led you to where you are today in life?
0: You know, I think that goes more than just my childhood. I believe that every experience that I've had throughout my life has built me up to be where I'm at now. Everything that I've learned, every job that I've had or job that I didn't get, every, you know, every failure and every success. I think that's all, you know, at some points in my life, where I have failed and thought, this is it. Like I've never failed so bad before in my life. This is the worst thing that could ever happen, you know, when you're younger and you're, uh, you know, going from being a kid into a young adult and everything's just like, ah, oh, it's the end of the world. Everything along the way has taught me something. And all of those failures and all of those successes And all of the people that I've met along the way, all of the experiences that I've had, the relationships, the conversations have all led to where I'm at now. And I truly believe, again, with my faith, (laughs) I truly believe that all of that has happened for a reason and that this is happening for a reason for to continue to grow or for the next step, whatever that looks like, just being okay with not knowing exactly what something looks like and doing the most with what is here in the present with what this experience is and just keep chugging and keep going. And it's gonna lead to something. You're, you're gaining and acquiring skills along the way. So there's not, I don't, to not completely answer your question, I don't think it was just one thing that has brought me. I think that having failures and having successes and learning, or being able to realize that they're both very important. It's important to learn from those and that to know when I started to look at failures, not as a failure, but a learning experience. And I think when I had that mind shift of saying like, okay, I didn't fail, I just learned what not to do in that situation, or I just learned that maybe that's not a fit for me, right? So, I think just really looking at it and objectively kind of, which is hard to do, especially when you're younger, um, changing that mindset with the past. Yeah,
2: that's great. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Um, Now that we've gotten to know your story personally a bit more, are you ready to go deeper?
0: Oh, my goodness, Chris. It's like a counseling session here. (laughs) It's like digging it all up. Go for it. Go for it.
1: Let's take this conversation behind the alleys and go deeper.
2: Well, what does, you know, being a mom and a Main Street entrepreneur, what does that mean to you?
0: Well, it's exciting to me because for me, I love to work, but I really love working around and with my family's needs. So being a mom and a Main Street entrepreneur is just really exciting. It means that I get to almost have the best of both worlds in a way um, for me, that we're actually able to make that work for us and our family. And that's super, super exciting because, you know, being driven and wanting to have those successes in a career, but then staying home and raising your kids, it's really neat to be able to combine the two. And I think that that's the exciting part.
2: Was, you know, was being an entrepreneur on your radar when you were little as a child?
0: I'm trying to think, you know, my, I have a brother who is, man, that kid was always hustling a business. I mean, (laughs) my dad had his own business for a while. My grandpa was a car salesman. So, I mean, I think we just come from a family of an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, And I didn't realize that my people skills translated into sales very well um, until I started getting older. And as, you know, I realized that I wasn't selling a product per se, but I could sell people on the club that I was joining because it was just so much fun or, you know, like it was selling them on an idea or selling them on, you know, you guys should come do this with us, an event. And so being in leadership opportunities throughout high school and, you know, being in college, I was able to sell an idea, an event, an experience with people. I could convince them to do things. And I always ended up being in somewhat of a sales role, <laughs> um, no matter in where I was. And so I think entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, I like the idea of combining the two, um, where I knew I always had to work, uh, always had to get money from somewhere. And if I could work with people and have some flexibility, I think that was always something that I liked combining.
2: Definitely, I think sales is one of the most important skills mm-hmm. in in any business because I think a lot of times, as a business owner, or when we are aspiring to be a business owner, we work so hard on developing the product, developing, you know, other skills, but really the sales part, you know, the people skills and that stuff. I think for me. I'm sure for your kids, you know, the stuff that they're doing now, um, you guys being on, on their streaming your, you know, live streaming, your sales and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. It's going to help them tremendously mm-hmm. as they step into a bigger role in your company.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, for you, when did you like first become uh, interested in really pursuing entrepreneurship? Cause you were working, you know, you were in corporate job in 95, you know, I, 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 you know, at one point we were in the same industry, the same, uh, lingerie bra business that, you know, a lot of the listeners may not, you know, may not really think about, um, when was it that you became interested in actually pursuing, like I said, entrepreneurship?
0: It was, I was working in college, um, and I was working for a woman in Pasadena. She was a small business owner. Um, and she had owned that business for, oh gosh, maybe 30 years before I got there. Uh, she was around my grandmother's age. And um, my grandmother would go to, she had a specialty bra boutique. <clears throat> and my grandmother had um, fought a round of um, cancer and she had breast cancer, so she did have to have a mastectomy, which required her to have a special prosthetics. So she would go to the special boutique. And when and then I was living with my grandmother time while commuting to school. And so my grandma's like, here, she needs help. She'll pay you. You can go have a job. And so even though I had my campus job, I still needed something a little extra. So I was working two jobs at the time. And um, I was working for this for this lady, I really got an introduction into a different world. Being that my dad was in the army, my, and I had seen my dad run a business, but that was when I was younger. And so being that my dad was in the army, my mom was in education, you know, these public servants, right? Um, Working for government, it, it was different than seeing this, this woman who was widowed and she didn't have any children and she was in her like 70s at the time running a business a successful business she was busy she was running a business she was an an immigrant that had come over to the country she was very passionate about what she did she was about you know um she was maybe like four ten if that but she was just you know Michelle, that you do this, you do this, you do this. And who was like, yes, ma'am. And, you know, I, I think seeing the orders, one of the things when I saw when she was having me place orders, I saw the prices that she was paying. And then I saw the price that she was selling it for. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I like that. And I really, I was like, wait, so you're telling me people are paying this much and you're only paying this much for it? Like the markup was just and in some things and you've been in that industry not all things have that big of a markup but some things do have a larger markup and so that's what kind of sparked me a little bit and she gave me a lot of autonomy to where i could really work with the customers i was really able to connect with customers and they would come back and they would order again And I think that's when I learned with just being accepting and non-judgmental, especially with something in that line of bra and lingerie, it's very personal. There's a lot of insecurities that come along with that. And so I think being compassionate and patient with people, they bought more and they were grateful and to express their gratitude they purchased more things. So I think that's kind of where I saw like, Hey, I think I might be kind of good at this. Like I can listen and, and I can help somebody. And it felt good that somebody walked out feeling more confident about themselves. They walked out, you know, feeling happy and confident and they were happy. And then I was happy because, my boss was happy that I made that sale. And so I was kind of like, hey. So I think that's when I really started. And I was about nineteen twenty at the time. And I think that's when I really started connecting. Like, I think I want to start a business. And I got a business license, actually, at that age. And <laughs> got my seller's permit and tried to start opening up accounts and tried to kind of see how to do it. Um, but again, going through school, that just wasn't the right time. But I think that's really what kept me coming back and coming back was I really felt a passion for that that I hadn't felt. There was a type of fire that um, is a little bit different when you kind of hit that little entrepreneur bug and it's like, hey, wait, I think I like this. (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's like an itch that you need to stretch.
0: (laughs) Yes. It's like an itch or like, you know, like people who run, it's like that runner's high. Like, I'm just going to keep going. I really, I'm going to, I'm going to chase that. You get that hit of endorphins where it's like, this is making me happy. The dopamine, like, it's like, I think I like this. And so, um, so that's what kind of got me there. And I kind of tried to keep going on the traditional route of school and doing things and, i think i always just kind of kept heading back and kind of kept heading back so i'm glad i'm here now (laughs) it's
2: wow wow so your old boss you know when you were in college she was a very specific entrepreneur influence for you so which is which is amazing i think a lot of us when we look back in our entrepreneurship journey we don't realize that at one point or another there's like a pivotal person that just sort of like like moves the needle for you a little bit right like it moves you to like Normally you would go this direction and then you see something Mm -hmm. and then you, this person kind of influences you, but also, like you said, gave you the room to be able to make the mistakes, Mm -hmm. grow and really evaluate what you really wanted in life. And, you know, you kind of, like you always said, you always kind of jump back into wanting to be an entrepreneur. So with that said, when was it, when was it that you decided that, Hey, I'm going to be a full-time entrepreneur?
0: Pregnant with my fifth baby, um, so that was that was actually pretty recent. Um, so <clears throat> Henry, our youngest, um, he was born in 2020. So when I was pregnant with him, and we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, uh, all of the kids are going to school here at home virtually. It kind of changes things, and I think the biggest thing was. They're not in school, so when my job opens back up for me to go back, who's going to watch all five of these kids, <laughs> right? And, and when are they going to go back to school? Because I'm probably going to get to go back to work before they get to go back to school. So that kind of changed. That changed a lot. Um, when all the three older ones were in school and you're just doing child care for two, then that's different. You know, like, okay, I could keep working and kind of try and do my entrepreneur on the side and we can kind of do our business on the side and kind of try that. But uh, once I was pregnant with baby number five, I told the kids, I was like, all right. And we all sat down and we had a meeting and we said, do we want to do this as a family? Because if we do, this is what it's going to take. Mom leaving her job means things are going to change. So, you know, is everybody willing to make these sacrifices? What are we willing to do? And so it was a family decision. Um, You know, we, it wasn't just, just me on my own. Sorry, guys, you're all gonna have to deal with this decision. It was, it was a family decision. And so while, um, you know, after I had the baby and after leave, we said, let's just work really hard and we'll give ourselves a deadline and we'll see how it does. And um you know, that's what we've been doing. We've been working really hard and it's doing really well. And I'm really excited that, you know, this is something that I get to spend my full time doing and I get to do it with my babies all right here with me. And um, and so that's, that's, that's really the dream that I've been working towards was how can I combine the things that I love, right? How can I combine being able to work and feeling like I'm doing something, but also being able to do that with my kids and staying home with my kids. So I think that was, um, this is exciting. Yeah.
2: That's wonderful. I think, you know, the times that we've experienced, you know, recently with this COVID pandemic that we were still in the midst of, which, you know, after almost going on two years now, we're still in the middle of this. I think, you know, it's, it's been um, a challenging experience for not only us, but for the entire world. But I think, you know, the silver lining for it for me whenever i talk to my family my wife about it it's it helped us put things in perspective it allowed us to have the um the time to really reconsider Mm -hmm. the direction of our lives Mm -hmm. what is it that we want to prioritize moving forward because it kind of it was very you know like you know we had people that were touched by you know in different aspects you know whether some some were worse some were not as good as some not as bad but still you know everybody went through something mm-hmm. during these times and i think the opportunity of us kind of seeing that hey like there's an opportunity here that we can kind of look at and do something a little bit different maybe pursue that dream that we've always wanted maybe it is like oh maybe take, take time with the family and all that stuff. So I think it definitely, it's been challenging for everybody, but I think it's like, for you guys, you saw it as an opportunity to bring something to life, which is your family business and a means for you guys to do something that you love together as, as one cohesive unit. So I think that's, Absolutely. that's the best thing that came out of it for, for you is what I get.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I feel like also, there's been a shift for a lot of people, um, I think, and and we've seen that. We've seen that in that time when everybody was home and people were losing jobs and not being able to work and it just hit everyone so hard. I think it took a reset on our society as, hey, where are our priorities And I think we see a lot of people who started to choose to live their passions. And so what's exciting about that is taking that leap is that you have when you have that societal change happening as a whole, then you have that societal understanding. And I think when you have that understanding and that support, then it's a really good timing for it. And so I think that that has helped everyone kind of rally together and say, yeah, we're all going to really support small. We're going to, you know, support you. And everybody wants to support each other in a way because so much was lost during this time. And um, and I think that the good things that are starting to come out of it is that that sense of people helping each other and supporting each other.
2: Most definitely. Well, you know, during these times, Um, when you guys decided as a family, you made that decision and you made those sacrifices. What were some of the, the challenges that you faced when you first started those first, you know, few weeks, few days, few months of really digging in and I'm going to do this full time, or we're going to do this full time as a family. What were those challenges?
0: Putting ourselves out there. I think, uh, that's a big challenge. Uh, you, you just got to do it. You're 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 not going to be ready, and you're never going to feel like you're ready. You just you, you just got to go. You just got to jump. You just got to do it, and it may not be perfect, but that's okay. And I think that um that was one of the biggest challenges. Um, we we did start when we didn't, you know, we started selling to the public when we didn't feel like we were completely ready, but that was okay. And, but we had a lot of learning experiences along the way with those challenges. Like, okay, we need the formulation to get right. We shouldn't use metal tins with things that are going to be in the water, even though it looked like a farm thing, it started to get rusty and that looks ugly and we can't have people buying that. And so, you know, um, learning those things and those challenges like, oh, is this going to be worth it? It feels like it's, it's not, you know, but just keep going, keep going. And I think that once you change it, you make those, I mean, people don't realize sometimes It's like when you pick out a bottle or some packaging, it's like it probably took a lot of hours (laughs) to decide on that one. And um, is this going to work? Is this going to be good? But that was one of the biggest challenges was really just putting ourselves out there. And I think, um, you know, being just putting ourselves out there, you can't think about what other people are going to think about you. You just have to do it and for me that was a big challenge was "Ah, are people going to be judgy are people going to think you know this lady's using her kids like you know you you, there's a lot of insecurities that kind of and but once they talk to the kids and they see how much the kids do then they're like oh yeah no that's legit Um, a lot of adults a lot of people want to test the kids you know and they'll ask them you know, how, how do you make it? You're saying you make this, how do you make it? What do you do? And they know it because they do it. And so it doesn't bother me. I, I, you know, I keep them in earshot if they need help, but I keep doing what I'm going to do. And I don't turn to hover because I know that they're going to answer it. And if they need help with a term or a word that maybe they forgot, they'll ask and they'll look at me. But other than that, I'm confident because I know what they do. So I think the biggest challenge is those insecurities that you have for yourself. A lot of times people don't see that as even an issue. It's a non-issue, but it's just your own issue. Um, The kids with the challenges as a family is um, sometimes it gets to be a lot. We learned not to book multiple events on the same weekend. um, Unless we know that it's an easier event, you know, sometimes sometimes, if we do do two events on a weekend, it'll be an event where the kids have an opportunity to play. So then it'll just be my husband and I working, you know, on the sales part of it. And then they could just run and play because they worked really hard the day before, Um, you know, knowing that they're still kids. And as a family, because everybody comes home tired, you know, we all come home to the same house tired, and we all got to get up and do it again. And then they have full-time jobs. And, you know, where they're all in school full-time. And my husband's full-time working and I still have the other kids to take care of full-time. So I think the biggest challenge was finding the scheduling, working out, finding what works for us and being okay with what works for us and for the business to grow at a pace that is okay for us. I think that was a challenge too. A lot of people, when you get excited and you start to see successes in a business and you want more more you want to keep going okay let's go let's just keep you know keep going keep going keep going keep going it's important to know when to take that break so you don't burn out and you want to keep that passion alive and keep it a positive experience for everyone and so you don't want to burn everybody out on it i hope i answered those challenge questions
2: (laughs) no absolutely that's amazing you know there's there's a lot of like there's so much there that you know personally. Like I, I've learned from, right? Like just listening to you, kind of telling me, like reminding me of a lot of these things. One of the the biggest, the, the last, some of the last things that you said about, you know, the the like the the pace of how you guys are doing things as a family, especially for you, because it's a it's a family operated business. Like literally, like it's literally you guys who are doing this, doing the selling, doing the manufacturing in your kitchen and. Uh-huh everything is really done at home and then you have to go out here and actually sell what you guys have have created so i think being able to not burn out as a family is absolutely very very critical and i think you know when you, we talked earlier about you know your life mission also the things that you guys are doing as a family i think it puts things in perspective right because this is a family thing yeah. and i think being able to keep that in the back of our minds as entrepreneurs is what, what is it? Why is it that we're doing what we're doing mm-hmm. is kind of, it, it'll always keep coming back up mm-hmm. because if you're, if your why is solid, then, you know, the, the how and the, you know, all these other things, it, they're just gonna, it's just gonna fall into place. Yeah. It'll give you that little umph to get through some of those times when like, ah, I don't feel like it right now. Yeah. You know, I think that's, it's, it's amazing. Thank you for, for really sharing that. Um, My next question is, what did you, now that you've, you know, in the thick of things, you've gone through the pandemic, you've built a business, decided to go on a business during one of, I would say in our lifetime, hopefully there's nothing bigger than this in our lifetime. That would be insane. Um, what is it that you wish that you, you knew? prior to this journey of entrepreneurship?
0: I wish I knew to, and I don't know if this is, this comes with maturity or with experience, but I wish I knew that it's okay to pursue something even if you don't know the outcome. That's That's really what I wish I knew before, that it's okay it's okay. Just go for it. You know, um, you don't know what you're going to get and that's okay. It's okay to not know something. And that, that's something that the younger me, and I think to get to this journey was, okay, I'm only going to do that. If I really know that I have a really good chance of being successful, or we have a really good chance of getting that job, or I really, you know, and you study and you work really hard and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go for it because I'm pretty sure I know what the outcome is going to be. But when you're going into something so unknown, like being an entrepreneur, when you're an entrepreneur, you're really diving and jumping into new waters that you've never been in before and to try and navigate that. Like I've never sailed a day in my life. And it's like me just saying like, bye, guys, I'm going to go sail around the world. And, you know, I've got my book. And I've got a captain here to tell me kind of what to do. And he's going to be here for one month and then he's gone. You know, so uh, finding mentors is good. But I think really just being okay with the unknown. It's the number one. Number one, being okay with not knowing what's going to happen.
2: Throughout that journey, what has been, you would say, the most important part thus far of your entrepreneurial journey?
0: The most important part is having the support and working together as a family. I think if you're trying to do for the way that it works for my family and for me, when I've tried to do a business on my own, like maybe it's my own career or I'm going to start this business because like, you know, I've had entrepreneurial spirit. But when I'm doing it with my core people, when I'm doing that with my people, then that's the most important thing that's where I've seen the success come is that we can all do this together. And um, and as we've seen those successes, whether it be like we set a goal on what our sales are going to be. And if we achieve that goal, that's a huge success. And I think that inching up those goals um, as we grow, those are, The things that are very exciting to see that are really important is the growth that we see together. I mean, Madeline, she's the oldest. She's the 14-year-old, and she starts getting emotional about how far we've come. And we still know we've got a long way to go, but she gets emotional. She's like, mom we've worked so hard milking those goats, waking up at five in the morning, and we've done this, and we're 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 doing it we're getting somewhere, and I think they're seeing these tangible you know numbers they're seeing like on social media people responding if we post and someone shows up, I met you at an event in a different city, and I actually live here, so I see you and they come those, the people, and that's what it comes down to, the people. And so when the people are saying, yeah, I've heard of you, the kids are like, oh my gosh, we've made it. (laughs) Someone has heard of us. And so I think um, just seeing all of those little successes along the way that start to pile up and seeing that everyone's hard work is like working it's there's a positive response to that hard work and being together in that that's one of the best things
2: wow wow well if you could have one superpower what would that be but before you answer that let's take a
1: quick break Today's episode is brought to you by Thinkin' Local, a fundraising and giving-based marketing platform whose mission is to connect local Main Street businesses who care about making an impact in the local community with schools and nonprofits who believe in supporting their local businesses. Find out more by visiting think the N,
2: So, Michelle, if you could have one superpower, what would that be?
0: It's hard to pick just one. Um, I would think probably that I would not need to sleep. <laughs> I, I, I think that would be my superpower, that I would not need to sleep. Yes. Because I definitely get wow. a lot done when everyone is asleep. So <laughs> if I did not need sleep, that would be my superpower.
2: <laughs> Becoming a vampire, then, is what you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I would want to live forever, though.
2: <laughs> uh Um, a non-immortal, yes, a mortal vampire,
0: mortal (laughs) vampire that doesn't suck blood. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, in, in your in your opinion, what is the most crucial personality trait that any entrepreneur should have to have any success?
0: I would say to be passionate, um, and persistent. Uh,
2: passionate and persistent.
0: Passionate, persistent. I think those, and patient. Let's put all those together. The three Ps.
2: The three Ps. Yes. There, oh, we said the yeah. same thing. Yes. Three I, I'm
0: going to coin that. You know, that's,
2: <laughs> yeah. that's it. I'm
0: going to write that one down, Chris.
2: <laughs> you, you should, actually. You should. I, I you will. should write those three down.
0: <laughs> I will. And, I, and you I know, I'll, I'll read
2: a book someday about it.
0: Yeah, I, let's do it. Um, yeah, passion, persistence, and patience. Those are going to be... The main things I think an entrepreneur needs, you need to be passionate about what you're doing, because that's what's going to keep you going through the hard times, get you up in the morning and keep you up at night um, in a good way. I think that um, the persistence is don't let the little the little things you just got to keep going and the little maybe it didn't go your way, a little failure or People telling you, no, that's okay. Just keep going. Be okay with it. Just be persistent. Believe in what you're doing, going back to the passion. And then patience. It'll get there. It doesn't happen overnight. You just, and we're still not there where we want to be. And we believe that we'll get there. So I think just those are the, just kind of, all of those got to work together.
2: Speaking of that, what would you consider has been your biggest failure? And what did that teach you?
0: One of the big things is, and I guess this could, I don't know, I, to me, I would see this as a failure is wastefulness in a way and not, and I mean that in the sense of materials, time, energy, to me, that's the biggest failure is to be wasteful by not taking a moment to think like, you know, I we've done where I've printed, okay, I'm going to try and be proactive. And so I'm going to print 30 sheets of these labels. And then as we're printing them and all the labels are done, and then the next time we go and do something, we are not going to carry that scent anymore. So now I got to throw away those sheets of those labels and I can't use them for anything or we changed our logo. So all of that, that I had printed extra is in the trash. So I think <laughs> um, that wastefulness is, that hurts financially <laughs> and and Definitely. time wise, and I and I think they may seem like little things, like oh, you overprinted, but when you're overprinting, like this stuff adds up. And um, and to me that and and packaging, like oh, kind of changing things a lot. Those and and I don't know if that's really a failure as much as it's a learning curve. But again, I did change my perspective on what failure is to be that it's a learning experience. So. Um, those would be, I think the biggest ones, um, really making, finding a way to be efficient. Um, being that I have not a lot, but I had had some experience with entrepreneur kind of running business before with this one, when we started really, We worked really hard and I worked really hard to make sure that we just went through, even if it wasn't fun, step by step by step. So starting a business plan in the very beginning and changing it as it changes, keeping inventories very early on, um, those, if we didn't do that, then we would have bigger failures than we do. And I think really trying to keep track, keeping track of those receipts, keeping track of those orders. Um, that would be it. One gotcha, thing. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, those are just, we've hit bumps along the way. So learning how to scale, that's a bump. We needed to get some more goats to get more milk. You know, um, we've hit some scaling bumps along the way. Shipping times sometimes like, ah, we didn't keep track so much of something and it's taking longer to get something out to somebody. And so, you know, those are little little failures that we try to fix right away um, with this. But I'm sure we'll make a lot more.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's part of the growth in your business journey yeah. is making those mistakes and pivoting and fixing them. I think the, the biggest failure is not pivoting and not learning from those mistakes and doing them over and over. So you guys are definitely on the right track there. Um, in those times, is there someone or something that you turn to when you feel stuck in your business?
0: Um. Well, you know, number one, my faith. So I do, I do pray a lot. Um, I do, I I rely on my faith a lot, and I think that, and as a family, you know, we we rely on our faith a lot. I think that kind of helps keep me calm to be objective about things, um, so I don't get in my head about being stuck. Uh, Looking for resources, to me, that's something that, and I would say, being able to say yes, that. That is something that helps when I'm stuck. Um, when we get stuck and then someone will say, hey, this may not be up your alley, but we have this event. Would you like to come? Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. This this may not, you know, hey, do you want to try doing this? Can you, I think you guys might be a fit. Yes, you know. So I think being able to say yes has been has given us an experience where we've been really find help find out who we are as a business, as a family. And um and so, you know, like when we got a phone call to say, "Hey, would you guys And when we started this business, we were like, "No, we're not going to do goat yoga." That's not us. We're not doing goat yoga. I don't understand goat yoga. Like we have goats. I don't know why we would want them climbing on us. I know it's a thing, but we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. And then we got a call and they're like, Hey, would you guys do goat yoga? We'll pay you this much. And we were like, yes, (laughs) yes. And, but we said we wouldn't, but we did it. And, um, it was a great experience. It was, it got us out there and it got us to talk more about our business. And now when we're out at events and people say, do you do goat yoga? And they're like, we've done it. And it's, you know, (laughs) really? Yep. So we know what it entails. We know what to do. So I think um, being able to say yes is a, it, it helps you when you're stuck because it gives you an experience and it really puts you in front of more people to Talk more about your product and talk more about your brand and your business. The more you talk about it, the more unstuck you're going to feel. And if you just find someone who can listen, as you know, I can talk and I can talk. And when you find someone who can listen to you talk about something, you might see that you can, you know, work yourself through it.
2: Well, you know, if you having all that experience, you know, going through life, having different businesses, uh-huh. um, working in the corporate world, being influenced by someone in entrepreneurship. If you now could talk to Michelle at 18 years old,
1: uh-huh.
2: what advice would you give her?
0: Failure's not failure. It's okay. You will you'll be fine. I think that's what I would tell my 18 year old self. You're gonna be okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I I was a very nervous kid. Um, And I, I, you know, for me, failure was never an option. And I always felt like, oh, I have to, I have to be a doctor. I have to be a doctor. I have to be a doctor. And I think I would tell myself, it's okay. You're not going to be a doctor. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay.
2: (laughs) So. Absolutely. That's absolutely great advice. I think that's something that I I would definitely want to hear when I, when I was 18.
0: (laughs) Right, you have so much pressure. Like,
2: ah, I know, and and sometimes like the pressure that we that we give ourselves, like people don't don't understand. Um, I I had a um you know a, a executive at one point in my career that always felt like, oh, I I need to keep pushing you guys and all these things so that you know I can bring out the best in you. You know, I, I always think to myself, that's I'm an adult. I think the pressure that I put on myself is something that you can't. Yeah. Right, because clearly, like, I, I expect something of myself. I know my weakness, I know my strength, and I know when when I can push a little bit further, mm-hmm. and when I know that I can't. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's something that, as a as an entrepreneur, as on individuals, we need to really get to know ourselves. Absolutely. And so that we know where that fine line of okay, like, hey, like I can go more, I can go more.
0: Absolutely, you really hit that on the you know you hit the nail on the head there because it just. It's so important to know yourself. And and I think that's why this business wouldn't have been successful by myself at a young age. It had to take me finding who I am, right? And I think that's absolutely true. You have to know who you are and you have to know. And, when, and I've been in those situations where you have that boss who's like, I'm just going to keep pushing you and I'm not going to give you the absolute best review even though you work really hard because I'm going to give you something to aspire to. And it's like, no, that's not how I work. <laughs> I, I'm always like, you, you need to reward me for what I'm aspiring to. And then I'll continue to do that, you know? So it's just, everybody works differently. And I think when you know how you work is really important.
2: Absolutely. Most definitely. Well, as an entrepreneur, you having to do, I would say like crazy in a compliment way. Also, like, as we were talking about earlier, Uh, like the craziness of your life, you know, like being able to juggle your life, being the CEO of your family, your business and things of that nature. What would you say is your favorite productivity hack that kind of keeps you right on task?
0: I need to have things in front of me. So um, I have post-its on a wall. I need to be able to see things. Um, I have folders that... I bought that have project goals. So this one doesn't have anything, but like I'm able to put like what I want and then I write these on here. That helps me stay on task um, because it's right in front of me and I can see it. And then my post-its help me prioritize because they're color coded. And so I can do an easy task or a longer task. And it's a family wall, right? Because we're a family business. So the kids will go and put they know what the colors mean and they'll put something on there and they'll put it up there. And then my husband, and then they'll come and they'll take one off and take one down of the tasks that they complete and that they do. And so, um, I think that's a big productivity hack there is it. If I don't have things up on the wall or up in front of my face, um, I'm going to forget to do it. And it gets, it, it gets overwhelming where I'm like, Oh shoot. I was supposed to do that. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah it has to be Um, in front of me.
2: Gotcha. Perfect. That's amazing advice. (laughs) I definitely, I I try to do that. I'm definitely not as organized as you are. I wish I would. Uh, I should actually. (laughs) You know, Um, I paid
0: more than I would have wanted to for those dumb little folders, but I was like, this, it it gives you like a, a timeline and I'm very project oriented. And I think just Another productivity hack would be knowing how you work. So I know how I work and I know how I like to work. And I do little reward systems for myself when I complete projects and complete tasks that could be like a break. And I'm gonna go outside and go with the kids or I'm gonna go get up and go do this. And so I just make, in order for me to be productive, I have to give myself my rewards with how I work. So everybody works differently. And so that's those little, little post-its, taking one down, throwing it away, you know, crossing something off a list. If I do something that wasn't on my list, I will write it in and then check it off (laughs) because I I feel like I accomplished something. (laughs) So,
2: Absolutely. Well, if you had three wishes that were granted to you, what would those be?
0: My three wishes would be... Having the financial freedom to grow the business, I think that would be one one big one. So financial freedom to be able to grow the business, that would be one big wish. Um another wish would be uh, time, I don't know how, but to figure out something with time and the third wish. Really? And I don't know if that's it. We're wishing here. So no worries.
2: Yes, we are.
0: No worries. I think no worries is a really big wish. Nobody has to worry about anything, you know, that (laughs) I don't know. I think that's just a little bit dreaming. It may sound silly, but
2: no, it's wish. Right. That's what it is. It's wishful thinking. So most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you, can you recommend three books to our audience that has helped you?
0: One book that really helped me is it's a cosmetic and labeling book. Um, and that's huge for me because it's been very specific. If you're in the cosmetic industry, which I didn't realize that soap is considered a cosmetic. If you say anything like the word moisturizing or anything like that. So to be in compliance with the FDA and how you label things, um, this book has been amazing. Um, I can send the details. I don't have it like right in front of me. It is called, I, I did have it in front of me, uh, cosmetics, labeling co- product and cosmetics. Um, oh, wow. And so that's that's been incredibly helpful. Um, another book that has been amazing, it's been a few actually. We um, bought the books from the sharks on the shark tank. <laughs> And so reading through the different sharks books has been, um, has been a really, a really neat book. I would recommend, I would recommend all of those, um, that we've been reading those and the kids have read a book. Um, oh, my husband's biggest influence book was, um, rich dad, poor dad. So he loves that. And um, we've we've read that book, and he is constantly playing snippets of that to the girls. Listen to this part. Read this part. You know, and do audiobooks. We do a lot of audiobooks because it works for us as we're making products and we're being productive. So that may be a productivity hack. Is we um we do a lot of audiobooks. So instead of listening to music sometimes, which we still listen to music, or instead of the TV being on we will play an audio book so we can all just kind of hear um, another book. I forget the name of it is the um, it's a leadership book from the guy for the Navy SEALs. I forget the name of the book, but I love that book.
2: Uh, extreme leader yes. Le- leadership by Traco. Um, yes.
1: yes.
2: I forgot. Yes. His, I, I forget his last name, yes. but yeah, I know exactly who you're yes. we talking about. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Extreme ownership, oh, extreme ownership, not extreme leadership. Yeah. Extreme ownership. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've I've, I've ha- I have that on my list of, I I, I go to this website called um, Thrifty Books,
0: okay,
2: or Thrift Books though Thrift Books, um, you order basically secondhand books, oh, and then if they have it, you, you could get books for really cheap, right? Because everybody right. you read it once and then everybody just kind of yeah, not throw it away, but kind of try to get rid of it, mm-hmm. but like Thrift Books is a good resource to our listeners. You know, if you want secondhand books and you don't, you're not very picky about like, you know, the the shiny mint covers, then. Thrift books is a way to go. You could get books for like less than five bucks. And these are like, these books usually cost like $20, $30. Yeah.
0: It's not cheap investing right? in, the, in those books.
2: No, it isn't. You know, I, I love going to Goodwill. Like it's crazy. Every time we're in a, we're in any place like on vacation or whatever, I like stopping by Goodwill. Cause they have on their books, bookshelves. They have so many good personal development books. It's it's amazing. I have like a, a shelf full of them. It's, it's, it's insane, but yeah, the, I, I haven't read the, the shark books. I'm going to take, check that out, but rich dad, poor dad was definitely monumental for me as a read, you know, learning about, learning about, you know, his rich dad and his, his Mm -hmm. poor dad, the decisions, which is, which I think it's great that you're teaching your kids. There is a book called, um, rich kid, smart kid. Mm -hmm. That one is geared towards, um, uh, kids. And there's also a book, um, it's called success stories. It's a little bit old, okay. Um, from from the rich dad, poor dad publishing, mm-hmm. you know, series, mm-hmm. which is which is excellent too. And maybe you're maybe Juan can can play um, cash flow one hundred one online. We, we could go. we could we could play. We could compete. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. There you go. Um, yeah, and
0: and it's funny because he, my husband's always one. He's always a uh, quoting rich dad, poor dad to the kids. And he's just like, you know, one, one at a time, one at a time. And then you'll get the hotel, you know, just one, just you'll buy the whole block, just one at a time. And so it's just, and that's, that's what he says when every time we're going to go to an event. And sometimes, like I said, it's, it that's a challenge, right? Sometimes you're tired and it's kind of like, Oh, we got to go again. And then he's like, Hey, one, one house, just one, just one, just one. This is it girls. Just one. And we'll keep going it's like okay so that that's been a big uh a big one in our house
2: <laughs> amazing well now what are you most looking forward to your future as an entrepreneur
0: really so we're really excited with the direction that we're heading um as as a business uh we're growing our product line um so we're we're launching new products. Uh, we'll be not launching new products almost every month. So we're super excited about that. Uh, we started heading into the world of expanding our product line by, um, doing some private label and providing our goat milk to other makers and then receiving a product and then selling that product. Um, so we're really excited about that. Um, and, we want to get into agritourism. So that is the next big big step for us um, in the near future. So um, we actually went, I found I just happened to be on Zillow one day and found this property and I was like, oh, this is it. And we went to go look at it. Uh, spoke with the realtors like, hey, we're not, we're not there yet, but this would be a business acquisition not a traditional home loan da, 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 da. and she's like well come look at it so we went we took the whole family and we went to you know we went to go look at it and it was really neat to have that experience with the kids because they're able to just really plan and see like, oh, and they're walking around this property and it had a little saloon on it. And, you know, they're like, we could do this here and we could do that. And then they're like, mom, look at this. And we can put this over here and we can have this space and we could do. And, you know, um, that really gave them another boost of energy. Like we're doing this. And so like in the next year, they're like 2023, mom, this is where we're going to be. And so it's like, okay, and you know, we're working hard to get there. So they really wanna provide experiences for people. They want to have a place where people can come and have a true farm experience, a ranching experience. And uh, there's a lot that goes into that and they are lining it all up. So I think that's that we've got that on the horizon, excited. It's kind of scary. Um, but again, you just gotta jump. <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go. Keep going. So it's okay. It's okay to not know what the outcome is gonna be. <laughs> Keep telling myself. That.
2: Absolutely. That's ex- very very exciting. Yeah. Um, Is there a question that you wish I'd asked you that I never got a chance to do so?
0: You're pretty thorough. I mean, I really didn't think we were gonna dig all the way deep. I mean, I know you you kind of <laughs> prepped me, but I was like, oh, we're going to like my counseling appointments here. No, I'm kidding. Um, You did did an amazing job. I think um, your interview is very comprehensive. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that maybe you didn't touch upon, but I think we really covered everything. Really. You did great.
2: (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, in closing, what is one piece of advice that you can share with our listeners about becoming an entrepreneur?
0: I like my three Ps. I'm going to coin it. It's uh, be passionate, be persistent, and have patience. I think if you want to be an entrepreneur, that's that's what you got. That's what you gotta have.
2: That's absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see that on a book title.
0: All right, you, you heard it here. This is this.
2: Is <laughs> yes, where. I did. This is where the listeners, you heard it here. <laughs> you
0: heard it here. He met his sister's ranch. That's our that's our book that's coming out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Amazing. We're where can listeners learn more about you and your business?
0: Absolutely. So we have a website. sisters um, sistersranch.com. You can learn about us there. And we're really active on Instagram and the kids are becoming to be pretty active on TikTok. So all of the social media is really run by the kids. It's been really fun. I give them a phone and then a couple hours later, they give it back to me. And the next day I kind of go through and (laughs) find all these fun little gems that they do. And I'll just kind of post it if they're at school or, you know, or they'll post it when they're home. So uh, the Instagram and TikTok are really where they're pretty active on social media right now.
2: Yeah. Wonderful. I'm going to share all that information on the show notes as well. Thank well, thank you so much, Michelle, for giving me and our listeners your amazing time today. I invite our listeners to please connect with Michelle from Jimenez Sisters Ranch and myself. Also, please do share, subscribe, leave a rating, and review. I'd very much appreciate your honest feedback, which helps me continually provide impactful content that I hope you will find valuable. And remember every day that you face adversity, Think of it as an opportunity to find the gold inside you. Until next time, have a success-filled day.
1: Thanks for listening to the Behind Main Street Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. Remember to visit www.behindmainstreet.com.